Chapters thirty nine and forty of Out of the Shadow by Rose Gollop Cohen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty nine. Living with the Corloves was a great change for me. At home I had been spared all the hard work for my health had continued to be poor. But now I was suddenly treated not only as if my strength were normal, but unlimited. I rose when the men rose to go to work, and as they had to come into the kitchen to wash at the sink, i would creep into the niche behind the stove to dress on monday morning as i crouched there i listened for mrs corlove's footsteps and the thud of the big bundle of clothes on the floor when i heard it i crept out quickly whether completely dressed or not and my work began i carried up the coal from the cellar and made the fire i lifted the boiler half filled with clothes i washed and scrubbed all day long when night came i crept gladly in between the two soiled quilts on my chairs and though the house was full of life for the gas-lights flared the people talked and the children ran races from room to room i slept tuesday and wednesday i ironed on thursday i scaled the fish and plucked and cleaned the fowl soon my hands grew red and coarse and i was no longer repelled at touching soiled or mushy things i would run out to the store with my hands covered with flour or black with the scrubbing water for mrs corlove could never wait for me to wash them on thursday while i was cleaning out the fowl she called run to the store quickly and never mind your hands as i was running down the stoop steps i thought i caught sight for a moment of my mother's face it looked so pale in the light of the street lamp i had been thinking of her and in my present haste and usual absent-mindedness i thought that i was still seeing her in imagination and did not stop to look but ran across to the grocer's but a few minutes later as i was coming back i was more alive to things and the thought of that moment took more concrete form i thought that i must have really seen her and that it would be just like my mother to come and stand there hoping to see me i ran to the shadowy spot near the street lamp but no one was there the next moment i caught her hiding in the hall of the next building mother managed it so that i should see someone or other from home often usually it was my sister and brother they would knock timidly on the door and come in holding each other tightly by the hand and remain standing near the door i felt timid and humble myself in this house but to see them hurt me so that i often wished mother did not send them mrs corla would usually call to them come sit down children then she would pick out an apple from the glass bowl which usually stood on the table cut it into four parts give us each a quarter and put the fourth quarter back little by little i began to know mrs corlove and the rest of the family too i thought her an excellent housewife but exacting and in other ways too not over generous to me she always doled out the food on my plate it was usually the tail of the fish the feet and the gizzard of the chicken the bun to which some mishap had occurred and she would look through the whole bowl of apples to find for me a spotted one she rarely failed to remark at meals what an enormous appetite you have she always said it with a smile of surprise as if she were merely interested so she covered every act with a coating of kindness sunday was wash day so she would send me to bed early on saturday night and without supper for that night no regular meal was prepared because we had a good dinner the first two or three times she exclaimed surely you cannot be hungry after such a meal after that she did not need to say it i used to lie awake and try to make believe there was no food in the house i had never found making believe so hard as in those days for all the time i kept seeing the sweetened bread in the bread-box late that night i would see the family sit down to tea and cake 
it was hard to see sweetmeats and food about and not take them perhaps if i had had enough even of coarse food the temptation would not have been so great but i could never eat enough even of bread with mrs corlove's eyes watching me and if you were only fourteen and perhaps even if you were older you too would be likely to begin thinking of a way to take it you would say perhaps after all she never told me not to take it and if you did remember her forbidding eyes you would say to yourself perhaps i only imagined it at any rate that was the way i reasoned one day when mrs corlove went to the butcher and there was a cold cracker dust-pan cake in the pan on the stove for weeks i had watched mrs corlove bake these pancakes i had often had to carry plateful after plateful to some one or other in the family and i could see the steam rising from them and the tiny drops of hot butter breaking up like bubbles at these moments the desire to taste them was so strong that it was a pain and this time there was one such cake left over as if to tempt me it was morning i went about sweeping and dusting and all the time i could see the cake on the pan finally i went to the stove and stood looking at the cake and tried to imagine how it would taste cold my mouth watered and i could think of nothing else then as if of its own accord i saw my hand go out and take it no sooner was the act done that i felt like eve perhaps after she ate the apple i took the two steps into the dark corner near the stove and pressed my face against the wall mrs corlove missed the pancake immediately on her return she said nothing but she gave me a look and a smile that hurt more than blows could have done mrs corlove's brother was a big ill-natured fellow his sister put up with all his whims and she seemed fond and proud of him i used to hear her boasting to her friends that he was musical he was a machine operator and when he was not working he would sit for hours in the rocker in the front room playing after the ball is over on the accordion mr corlove was quite different from his family he was gentle and kind to everybody when he was in the house i did not feel so timid and liked to come out of the dark kitchen into the front room he was a foreman in a large clothing shop and when he found that i knew of the shop he spoke to me as to a fellow-worker of the same trade he often took my part against his brother-in-law who enjoyed making me get up from the table and wait on him he even defended me against his wife i had learned during the first days that being mrs corlove's servant meant that i was everybody's servant when mrs corlove's relatives came to the house they ordered me about as freely as mrs corlove herself but i never gave this a thought this was her home and they were her guests one day a sister-in-law of hers was moving a few days before mrs corlove told me to take the pail and brush and go scrub the floors in the new rooms i seldom fully realized things until they had happened and were past and now too not until i was in the empty rooms and saw the filthy hard-trodden floors did i fully perceive the injustice of mrs corlove's order then i sat down on the floor and cried passionately i cried not only for this but for many other things which i could not understand or understood but vaguely i cried until i was again patient and meek then i went on my knees scrubbed the floors and went home the gas was already lit in the kitchen and mrs corlove was preparing supper she looked at my face with surprise when i came in but said nothing i went about helping with the supper and keeping out of sight as much as i could but mr corlove had not been in the house two minutes when he asked his wife what is the matter with her oh nothing she said lightly fanny you know is going to move to-morrow well so i sent her to scrub her floors 
he stopped in the middle of the kitchen and looked at her as if he did not understand do you mean to say he asked drawing out his words that you sent her to scrub fanny's floors oh three little floors i never imagined that a man so quiet and gentle could look so angry his dark eyes flashed fire and he said hard things late that night from my chairs i heard them talking this thing over as i had often heard them talk other things over every one's comfort is more to you than mine she sobbed you know it is not so his voice was very tender you don't seem to realize how unjust it was to the girl you hired her to do your work not fanny's and she is still but a child supposing it was our little tink his voice dropped so low that i barely caught the words who knows he said to-day it is this man's daughter to-morrow it might be ours in the silence that followed i heard the little girl's crib moved and i knew that the mother moved it closer to her bed near the end of my second month i remember a beautiful day in march mrs corlove rarely left the house but on this bright warm day she took all the children and went out and i was left there for the first time quite alone it was wednesday afternoon and i was sitting at the window making barley noodles it seemed so quiet after the hustle and bustle of preparation to go out i chopped and listened to the rhythmical sound of my two knives and watched the streak of sunlight on the window-sill which came slanting in between the two tenements gradually i began chopping more and more slowly finally i laid down the knives and rested my hands on the edge of the bowl i saw that my hands were coarse and red and here and there where the skin was cracked they were raw i remembered how i had wanted to know how it felt to be a servant and i laughed at myself i should not like to be a servant all the time i thought i looked out of the window and gradually i began to reason it out i realized that though in the shop too i had been driven at least there i had not been alone i had been a worker among other workers who looked upon me as an equal and a companion the only inequality i had ever felt was that of age the evening was mine and i was at home with my own people often i could forget the shop altogether for a time while as a servant my home was a few hard chairs and two soiled quilts my every hour was sold night and day i had to be constantly in the presence of people who looked down upon me as an inferior i felt though in a child's way that being constantly with people who looked upon me as an inferior i was or soon would be an inferior i was looked upon as dull nothing was expected from me and i would have nothing to give the pancake incident had made a deep impression and had been tormenting me i understood that under these conditions and in this atmosphere what had happened once was bound to happen again little by little i would become used to it and not mind it my whole being shrank from this and similar things to which it might lead i realized that i could not boast many qualities but to what i had even if it were only not to be sly i clung with all my strength no i concluded taking up the knives and beginning to chop quickly to make up for the time lost i would rather work in a shop chapter forty a few days later i left the korlovs my belongings were wrapped in a newspaper and tucked under my arm and i had seven dollars in my hand i stopped on the stoop the sun shone and the april breeze felt like a caress it seemed strange not to have to hurry only now did i realize how tired i was i felt my hands burn and my whole body tremble a little 
i stood looking about feeling both joy and regret for i left the corloves not with indifference i had grown fond of the children and even mrs corlove herself as i grew to know and understand her i did not dislike her but what a joy it was to know that i was free father would find work for me at once for there was now a sprinkling of work over the city and he himself was working at last but this day at any rate was before me how i loved the sun i walked home slowly basking in it before many days passed i was working in a shop on canal street father had not yet been working a full week but after the hardship we had suffered eight dollars every week seemed a fortune mother began paying off what we owed the landlord and she even managed to save a few cents every week for a piece of material to make up a little dress for whichever one of us needed it most the children were going to school and things were running smoothly but it was not for long soon again mother went about her work looking worried and perplexed and we children were again aware of the darkness in the bedroom and that the sun never came into the big room perhaps mother sighed a human being must not have it comfortable long or he would forget god this was the trouble with the coming of the warm days my health became so poor that i had to stay away from work quite often mother was the more alarmed because she could not understand what was wrong there seemed nothing wrong but the slightest exertion made my temples throb and my head go around the shop where i was working now was on the top floor i would stand long and look up the stairs before beginning to climb it seemed like a dream that i ever ran up and down stairs for pure amusement then came a morning when i could not get up at all i stayed in bed two days and mother made inquiries and found that governor street dispensary was not far away and quite free so on the third morning which was monday she helped me dress and we started many times on the way we had to stop to rest on doorsteps at last we came to a small ground-floor building near governor street dock a policeman stood at the door and a few people were in line we took our places and the policeman told us the door would open at nine o'clock i stepped a little out of the line to lean against the wall the sun was beating down strongly on our heads but from the water a refreshing breeze came up and we could hear the boats while from a reddish smoke-covered building came the cry of geese mother too was looking around she was easily interested in everything about her she remarked now that must be a slaughter-house and then partly perhaps to take my attention away from myself she motioned sadly to the line this was our first experience with a dispensary there were three people in the line ahead of us next to me was a man with his arm in a sling who looked like an irish dock labourer next to him another with sawdust clinging to his clothes wavered unsteadily the first was a woman whose home i knew was the dark hallway in the park bench as we were going in the policeman handed us each a red cardboard ticket with a black number on it i saw the woman as she passed him raise her chin and steady her step we all sat down on the first bench i leaned against my mother closed my eyes and sat waiting for my turn this doctor like the first i had seen raised my eyelids and asked how long i had been so pale he advised mother to feed me up and keep me outdoors i translated what he said and mother asked timidly ask him what is the matter he understood and answered in german anemia and now i became mother's first care she saved on food that the others needed and bought milk and meat for me and that i might be able to eat it in peace she would take the children out of the house often the little girl would refuse to go out she would raise herself on tiptoe to look into my plate and lisp wistfully 
i wish i were sick in a few weeks i was strong enough to go to the shop again but what took weeks to build up i lost in a few days and soon again i was staying home this time going to the dispensary regularly as i stood there in line or sat on the bench in the waiting-room waiting for my turn i grew to know many of the people who like myself came often and to be familiar with every nook and corner in the room i came every week and one week was exactly like another there was the same room many of the same people and each time the same thing happened first on coming into the waiting-room we would all sit down heavily after this it became very still in the room i would close my eyes for a moment with a feeling of relief at having my feet off the floor then rested a moment i would look about at the others i knew at once from their faces and even from their unconscious backs i could gather who was better who was worse and who was the same then i would look about the room there was the same unpainted cleanly scrubbed floor the shining brass knobs of the two doors on the right and the one on the left and the tiny staircase leading up then again i would study the men and women more slowly this time and aware now of every sound and motion a hand unsteadily raised to the forehead a half-suppressed cough sounding loud in the stillness a patient sigh a feverish look next as the time of waiting lengthened i became aware of the air in the room the hot breath of sick people mixed with the odour of medicines the breath of tobacco and stale whisky at this period of waiting i lost my interest in everything my spirit had sunk with a heavy depression of the rest of the people some dozed heavily some moved about restlessly in their seats and others like myself were given over to dull apathy then one of the doors on the right would open quickly and cause a stir on the benches and a wave of new life passed through the room i loved to watch the patients coming out of the doctor's office every face looked brighter more hopeful End of chapter forty